You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. What's up, everybody? Thanks for joining us today. My name is Ken Swanson. This is the AP Laboratory. Uh, we are going back to the positional profiles. It's the running back's turn. And some might say this episode doesn't matter. They might be right. But we're still going to do it anyway. Here to help me talk about the running backs from 2019 and look ahead to the future, my good pal. Find him on Twitter, at Chief in Carolina. Maddie Lane, hello, my friend. How are you today? I'm doing pretty good. I'm, I'm preparing. I got to prepare myself mentally for this running back positional review because it's kind of like the 2020 Chiefs free agency class. Like, if you blink real quick, they're just not even there. <laughs> And so we're also joined by our pal Craig Stout. Find him on Twitter at Barley Hop. I know he's itching to get into some offensive skill positions such as running backs. So how are you doing today, bud? This is my least favorite episode yet, guys. <laughs> <laughs> are you now over the free agency recap? Uh, what, well, recap? Okay. What, what recap? recap? What, what recap? What recap, Maddie? <laughs> oh, no, let's get into, into it. it. I, okay. Chief fans want to talk about running backs. We see them in our mentions all the time. I think we all should the mocks. Yeah, I think we should give some give running backs their fair due. Let's do it. Let's do it. And hey, running backs, I still I still have a little bit of love for them. Uh, here we go. The 2019 Chiefs. We go ahead and we look at them. We look at the running back position, and then the second half of the show, we're going to look into the future, the the outlook for the for the future, and the draft picks and free agency uh, and all that good stuff. Uh, so first off, Craig, how did the running backs do this year? They did pretty well. I mean, considering the investment that was put into the position, it was pretty low. LaShawn McCoy was added. He made a little bit of money. But frankly, Damian Williams was very good in his role. He did exactly what he needed to. They got a lot of out of Daryl Williams. They got some out of Spencer Ware. Like for the amount of money that they put in, the amount of assets or the lack of assets that they put into it, they actually did pretty well at the position. I think that you saw different guys at different times of the year kind of take over. The Chiefs showed their ability to use different skill sets at running back. You know, LaShawn McCoy, I think, was definitely the best runner to start the season, that he was able to be a little bit more patient, show a little better vision than some of the other guys. So he started out the year looking a little better. And as we went on, he kind of faded. But then we had the Darrell Williams for a couple games. Then Damian Williams decided to be healthy and show up. So it was just nice to see the ebb and flow throughout the entire season. Somebody was always willing to step up. And while I'll say it, the Chiefs running backs by themselves were never like that special, like nothing about any of the performance was ever great. It was always good. It was always good enough to help the offense go along. At no point in time was I ever just like itching to think that a running back was where this team needed to make another step. Yeah, I mean, overall, if you look at the overall body of work, uh, it's it's a weird mixed bag. And, you know, I was watching, I've been watching games just like, the 30-minute short condensed broadcast version of games at night uh, of this season. LaShawn McCoy was good. 
earlier in the year, like legitimately good and had some burst and some suddenness to him and was making moves in space and like what happened? Shocking. I'm sure we're gonna get we're gonna get there, I'm sure, but like I mean this this it's been a it's just been a weird year for running backs and I the thing is in a weird year where there wasn't a ton of consistency, they won a Super Bowl. What was the biggest surprise, Maddie? I think my biggest surprise is the amount of people that still think you need to add more running back talent to this group of players because I think you just saw the Chiefs running back, like we just said, the talent was pretty mediocre and it really didn't matter, especially once Patrick Mahomes and the passing offense got going. You could have probably put any one of us back there and come out with some level of production that wasn't terrible. That's just what a good offense and a good passing attack does for a running game. So like I said, I'm just surprised that so many people think that you need an elite running back in this offense to produce. Uh, my biggest surprise is uh, Damian Williams' run through the playoffs. I mean, he really had kind of a, a hard year staying healthy, staying, you know, had some consistency issues throughout the season. And then when the, when the playoffs hit, he was outstanding and, you know, was ultra productive in the run game, in the pass game, uh, had a fantastic Super Bowl. Uh, it was awesome to see and it was good for him and the Chiefs have it back next year. That's great. Uh, but I mean, that was, it was a really nice run in the end of the year for, for Damian Williams. Mine is Daryl the Barrel Williams. Hey. I'll tell you what, they got uh, enough out of him to really justify his roster spot before he got injured. I know he wanted to be there at the end of the year. that He felt like he was healthy enough to contribute at the end of the season. But Daryl actually looked really good through the middle of the season there. Got a couple of games, a run, and showed that he's actually worth a roster spot. I think that that's, that should give some, some people some hope. I know we're getting into that pretty soon here, but I really liked what we got to see out of Daryl Williams. A little bit surprised with what we had seen kind of last season and a little bit in this preseason. All right, biggest disappointment. Um, I think my big... I'm disappointed in LaShawn McCoy for saying something so terrible about Eric Bieniemy's mom that for some reason he just got like thrown into the doghouse. Like I don't understand that completely. There was obviously some kind of dynamic behind the scenes. If you read between some of the lines with the press conferences and, and all that stuff... The the LaShawn McCoy saga was fascinating because we heard, you know, I remember the first time he was inactive and it was load management. <laughs> and then you fast forward to Miami and the Chiefs are managing his load for 2021 when he signs with the Cincinnati Bengals. Like, I, it's just, it's bizarre. Like, I, the whole thing was, was a weird saga, especially as how good he was running the football early in the season. I, uh, the biggest disappointment for me is that Spencer Ware was once again unable to stay healthy. Even coming in a little bit bigger, a little bit heavier, maybe not quite as explosive or dynamic, you got to see what he brought to this team in terms of pass protection, understanding the offense, and helping keep Patrick Mahomes upright there when Pat needed that stability in the backfield there. Him getting hurt yet again and not being able to finish the season yet again, it's just a, a long line of injuries for him unfortunately so that was a little bit of a disappointment that he wasn't able to stay healthy and kind of finish and help contribute near the end of the year 
the hands down biggest disappointment for the Chiefs running back group in 2019 was somehow the nickname Daryl the Barrel catching on <laughs> with fans and even if with hey. my co-host on this podcast. It is one of the worst nicknames ever for any player of any position besides a rodeo clown, and somehow it has stuck. But realistically, I think Darwin Thompson, and not necessarily that he was a disappointment, just I thought the Chiefs were going to find better ways to use his particular skill set. I thought they were going to be able to scheme up better ways to get him into space, to get him out of the screen game, to kind of disguise his looks a little bit more. And we just didn't get as much of it as I thought we were going to get, especially when the Chiefs were flooded with injuries at the position and begging anyone, any able mind to take carries. They just couldn't really get him in space as much as I thought they were going to be able to. Guys, we have breaking news. Breaking news, Mike Pinnell has re-signed with the Kansas City Chiefs. That's good. On a one-year deal. On a one-year deal. I didn't want to get into it on Twitter because I've made enough enemies during this free agency period, but everybody was getting all reminiscent about Dontari Poe coming back, and I almost wanted to quote tweet every single person and say why Mike Pinnell is better. Uh, uh, I wanted wanted to bring Mike – I wanted to bring Mike – or Dontari Poe back. I wanted to bring them both back. Let's bring them both back. Look. Hmm. If if Pat got hurt, <laughs> we would need. We had signed right thirteen backup quarterbacks. That's been the only thing we had done in free agency up until today, Kent. <laughs> Why haven't we talked about Jordan Tamu? Uh, because we're talking about running backs. Unless are we playing Jordan Tamu at running back now? He can run. He can run. All right. Let's get Hold back on. to running it's, backs. <laughs> do we need to talk to? Do we need to talk anymore about Mike Pinnell? No, he was, nah. We'll, we'll, he was we'll a hit him a little bit back. later. It's good for the Chiefs. Made sense. Congrats yep. to Mike Pinnell. I'm very excited that he's back. That's awesome. I I don't know how they're going to do it with five hundred fifty five thousand dollars in cap space, but you know a, a move has to be coming at some point. Uh, where were we? Uh, reason for optimism. That was, was that where we were at? Yeah, that's I, where we are. Yes. Reason for optimism, Craig. Uh, reason for optimism? You got a lot out of a little investment. Damian Williams is the perfect guy for this offense. He just fits everything that Andy Reid wants to do when he's healthy, when he's playing at his peak, which is typically you know December, January, February, apparently. That's the perfect time. Then you've got a workhorse back in the type of you know in the type of offense that Andy Reid wants to run there. So in that regard, you have him, you have Darwin Thompson, you have Daryl Williams. Frankly, that's good enough for what Andy Reid wants to do and the amount Andy Reid wants to run the ball. Yeah, I for me the the reason for optimism moving forward is you could go you could play tomorrow with this group, no doubt about it. Uh, and Damian Williams is back. They've they've actually included some good op, some good some good lottery tickets into this mix too. I really like what they've done. They've added Mike Weber, who I had a fifth round grade, I believe, on in last year's KC draft guide. Um, they added Elijah McGuire, uh, who uh, has some pass catcher ability. So like they've actually already given themselves a lot of good, you know, uh, lottery tickets in that group. They're gonna have good competition and. I mean, they're going to get as much... Probably, they probably will get more out of the running back group this year or next year than they got out of it this year and without even having to try too hard. 
I think my biggest reason for optimism is what a guy I just talked about is Darwin Thompson was rarely used. He was only used out of necessity. And I think he was just kind of put into the same situation that every other running back's been in. So I'm excited to see him with another year in the offense. Well, maybe it's like half a year given the weird circumstance in the world, but just more time with the offense, more time with Andy Reid. How are they going to use him? And can he expand his role? I like how he is as a runner. He is a hard, tough, physical runner for his size. I want to see if his role can grow in 2020 and see if he just starts to become more of a focal point of an offense or at least a heavy rotated piece. All right, current current 2020 outlook, you've got Damian Williams, you've got Daryl the Barrel Williams. I started that, Maddie. by the way. I know. Uh, <laughs> Darwin Thompson, Mike Weber, Elijah McGuire. Good, solid group rolling into 2020, Maddie. Yeah, I think Damian Williams is going to be penciled in there as your starter. I mean, I think at this point in time, you have to be a little worried going through his entire body of work that he can be a bell cow. I don't even know if he can be your running back 1A out of a two-headed monster just because the workload seems like it does get to him year after year. But he's a good guy to have it as kind of your lead back to start. I just think during different waves, you're going to have to rely on a Daryl Williams, Darwin Thompson. I would like to see Mike Weber get a chance. I don't love him in the open field, but I think he's pretty solid until he gets there. There, and sometimes that's all you need at the NFL level to be a positive player. Yeah, I'm I'm with Maddie there. I think that this group is good enough. Like I said in the previous one, uh, it was it, it, there's reason to be optimistic because of this group already in place. You don't have to go out and spend big money on getting a guy to do the sorts of things that Andy Reid wants to do. This group can do it, so it it's good. It's a really good outlook. They just won the Super Bowl with it. They got to retain it, and they got good production out of it. It's not like the linebackers where they were poor and got poor production. They actually got good production out of the running backs. Craig, before we take a break, I just want you to know you said breaking news and it you know, Mike Pinnell is awesome. I'm very excited to have him back. I thought we were getting something like even more big than that. So, I'm sorry. Uh, the uh, the defensive MVP of last season is not big MV enough Pinnell. news. MV Pinnell? That's I mean, not big enough news is. for you? On a I, one I don't know. We're gonna deal? take a we're gonna take a break and hopefully there's more breaking news as we go. Uh looking to the free agent market right after this. Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to the Future of Work, a Pod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the Pod wherever you get your podcasts. All right, we are done looking at 2019 at the running back position, and now we look ahead to the future. And we're going to look at some free agent fits. We're going to look at some draft fits, some draft crushes. And we're going to start with a top-tier free agent at the running back position. And we're going with Devonta Freeman, Maddie. Yeah, and Devonta Freeman might be a year or two removed from really being a top-tier guy, and that's okay. For, for what's left, we are deep into free agency now, so you are not going to have a ton of top-tier guys left. Devonta Freeman is very clearly the top-tier of the guys that are left. 
he very much does fit the scheme. He works really well on outside zone runs. He's not the most patient or kind of like fleet of foot runner, but when he stretches his zone out and he sees a cutback lane, he'll wait for one to open up. And when he sees it, he darts through it in a hurry. He gets low to the ground. Like I do think he would fit really well with what the Chiefs like to do with their running backs. He's a plus receiver. I do just wonder that he is trending the wrong direction. Maybe a change of scenery, getting injected into a better offense could do him some wonders. And this late in the process you never know what a guy coming off of another down injury riddled year could do for him yeah and i mean like we're talking about top tier guys and like if you look at you know from the top tier from the perspective of a top tier free agent um i mean this is about what i think is probably a top tier free agent for this football team um and it's not going to be a heavy investment you're probably looking at a one-year deal um and you're just seeing what he has left because you know even 90% of what Devontae Freeman has been in the bat in the past is a really nice quality piece to this offense. And if you can get 90% of what Devontae Freeman has been in the past, you're getting a dynamic piece to your offense. Uh, and in the price at, at top tiers, you know, probably one year, $6 million is my guess. Something along those lines. Yeah. It's worth noting that Devontae Freeman had 59 receptions for 410 yards and he got targeted 70 times. That's 5.9 yards per target. That is more yards per target than Damian Williams had. And we talk about him as this great receiving back. Devonta Freeman in the right situation makes a lot of sense. He's not a home run hitter in the same way that Damian Williams is. He's not anymore at the very least. He's more of a grinded out guy, like Maddie said, in these outside zone type runs. Try and get some more of those tough runs by, by using his vision and playing smart. He's not the same guy, but he is a guy that would make sense as a complimentary back to Damian Williams. All right, let's talk about mid-tier guys now, and we're going to... Uh, oh, breaking news! The Chiefs have signed Anthony Sherman to a one-year deal in the running back conversation! Breaking news! Back-to-back segments, baby! I really, really, really just want to skip over this because I don't want to blast the Chiefs for wasting another year of John Lovett while we field and pay with no cap space a worthless positional player that we don't use on the Chiefs right now, Kit. So let's just clap our hands silently for another fullback that is going to waste money on the roster to play special teams. Uh, wow. That sounded charged. Uh, it's the running back position. I was sitting on it. The, I was sitting on it because I saw it already, and I was hoping it wasn't going to come up. Uh, Leroy had it first yesterday, by the way. But now Therese has has announced that is happening. Um, <laughs> Chiefs are wheeling uh, and dealing right now, you guys. One year deals, moving, right and left. This is so weird. They have 550... Let's just pause this. They have $555,000 in cap space. Another move has to come. Is it LDT? Is it Sammy Watkins? Are, are they finally... Like, Here's one thing that could be it. They might Maybe they finally restructured Sammy Watkins. This is just a yes. They finally restructured Sammy Watkins because the market has been set by Robbie Anderson. Perhaps. Think about it. That's... Not bad. That's really not okay. bad. There, there's logic to that. I, I would okay. agree with that. There's logic to that. Or uh, some team already traded for Sammy Watkins. No, nobody's traded for Sammy team. Watkins after Robbie Anderson only got million $10 million. Dollars. Or some team traded for somebody else. Or some team traded for somebody else. 
I I was trying think, not to bring up Chris Jones. Maddie. Oh, I meant LDT. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. You know, sure you did, Maddie. Um, I don't know. Like, they, they, some, something's got to happen here now. I mean, something does have to happen here now. Yep. If they, if something's they, coming. I mean, I, something's coming. They've pushed it all the way. They've held their car. They've held their cards to the vest this entire like off season. They've had literally like, well, not chump change because five hundred fifty thousand dollars is a lot of money. I could deal with that right now, but I mean this. Uh, Comparatively, we'll find out. Yeah, maybe by the end of this pod, we're gonna have more answers. I don't. Know. You know, it, it's very fitting that in the running back pod, we spend all this time talking about how running backs don't matter. That we are consistently interrupting the podcast for other things that are not <laughs> running back related. We interrupted it. Well, one of them is running back related. Is no, Anthony it Sherman? No, it's not. It was That's special a teams back. related. It was <laughs> special teams related and nothing else. I really don't get the whole Anthony Sherman, and that is really going to upset like several people that listen to this show. Oh yeah, I know I made people upset with that, and I apologize, guys. But that was the raw, unedited reaction to seeing that we are spending <laughs> money on a fullback to play ten percent of offensive snaps. Special teams. Dave Tobe is having himself in off-season, boys. We need to get through this so we can't talk Tobe, too. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Back to your regularly scheduled programming. Mid-tier, Chris Thompson. Uh, Chris Thompson, you're grabbing him because he's got quality pass-catcher traits. And he's a very good pass-catching running back. You can flex him out. Um, He's very versatile in that regard. And that's really his value. Um, And I think you could probably get him at a decent rate. It's not going to be... I mean, like, honestly, all these running backs, you're not going to be spending much on running backs. What did Melvin Gordon get? $8 million? $8 million APY, yes. On a one-year deal? No, two-year deal. Oh, good for him. I mean... (laughs) You're just, I mean, like it's it's a it's still a low. I mean, the Chiefs could probably afford it still somehow. I think Chris, I think Chris Thompson makes a lot of sense as a pass catching back. Yeah, he definitely does, and that's basically all he is at this point. You don't want him running the ball. He just hasn't looked good running the ball, and he hasn't gotten the opportunities to do so because he hasn't looked good running the ball. But he still catches the ball pretty well. I'd flex him out a little bit. He's coming off of some down years, so he's certainly cheap now. Like, you could probably get him in this rotation for next to nothing. And who knows? Maybe you make him look good in the preseason, and you're able to trade him to Bill O'Brien because Bill O'Brien needs as many running backs as possible. Any first-round picks sitting around? Yeah, Chris Thompson was just purely a receiving guy. He was he came off the big, bad back injury to get into the NFL. He finally started to look like he was turning it on a little bit there in Washington. Then the Washington Redskins kind of did their Washington Redskin thing. He was a little bit injured again. So it's really hard to tell what you have with him. But as far as a guy taking a flyer late in free agency that would probably cost next to nothing, bring him in. Chris Thompson, I mean, he was a very electric running back, receiving running back when healthy. Give him a chance. He can actually split out wide and run real routes at times too. So he'd be a lot of fun in the offense. You just have to hope he stays healthy. All right, let's go ahead and look at the best free agent fit now. And, Maddie, we're going with Corey Clement. Yeah, so another Wisconsin running back here that we were just talking about, and he's been with Philadelphia. I don't think he's been particularly good 
coming with anything that the Eagles have done, but he's been buried behind some other running backs. They felt the need to always get somebody, maybe two guys ahead of him. But anytime he's been forced into playing time, he's looked pretty good. He may not be the best pure runner out there right now, especially with the way Philadelphia kind of used him. But as a receiver, I think we can all remember him making some plays leading up to the Super Bowl and the Super Bowl. He made some plays in the receiving game, actually getting downfield. So just he's shown flashes of stuff that make him useful for a current style NFL team, which the Chiefs very much are. I just think he'd be, again, another fun guy that would cost next to nothing to bring in that can affect the game on the ground and through the air. Yeah, and he's actually a pretty decent returner as well. That's another guy, another reason that he could fit in there into this rotation. And again, coming off of a very poor year, he's going to just be ridiculously cheap. So uh, that's a guy that you can just bring into the mix. You know, have him compete with Mike Weber. Have him kind of rushing, you know, running in here with that fourth spot. He just makes a lot of sense because he's going to run an Andy Reid style offense. He's going to come in, know the terminology, know what he needs to do to get on the field. And so he's a guy that can maybe look good in camp and you can see kind of building up in Andy's offense throughout the year. All right, do they sign somebody, Craig? No. I just don't think that they do. <laughs> I, I think that they've got enough guys in the room that they like. I think that they genuinely do like Mike Weber. I mean, if they sign a guy, it's going to be maybe late in OTAs or training camp, whenever that's going to be now. I think it might be just a camp body that we get to see here. I don't think that they're going to go out and make any moves, particularly since guys like Melvin Gordon or Todd Gurley that maybe could move the needle on the ground a little bit more are completely off the market. I think that was the only real chance to make a move was going to be a guy like a Todd Gurley or a Melvin Gordon. If you could find them on a one year deal really cheap and essentially just rent them to plug and play them into the offense like you did with LaShawn McCoy. Since any one of that caliber besides maybe Freeman's out there, he would be the only guy if his price just keeps falling that I think I could see following that mold. But if not him, I just don't see it happening. I don't think they're bringing in more guys to battle to be part of a rotation. Uh, yeah, it, they, I don't think they're signing anything of substance, and they shouldn't, and they've got enough in the building. They can continue to add lottery tickets and come away with a quality group by the end of the offseason. And yeah, they might be able to trade somebody for Bill O'Brien, too. I mean, or to, to Bill O'Brien as well. I mean, because that's just... That, it's the, it's theft. It's just delicious. Um, All right. Let's look at the draft now. Favorite prospects, Matthew... Well, this one is going to come as a surprise to anybody that's listened to us talk about the draft, but Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, running back from LSU, has what? kind of been my guy throughout the entire what? process. Built like a tiny little bowling ball that apparently has very good hops, which I think surprised a lot of people. But if you watch him play, he definitely scoots for a couple steps, and that top-end speed is not where he excels. He's definitely not the fastest, but his vision combined with his balance and just his ability to make people miss or run through them in the open field is incredible. Incredible. And that's not even what he does best. He's at his best as a receiver. He makes catches with his hands away from the body. He, They had them running the Texas or the angle route at the combine, and he just looks like he's on an entirely different planet compared to every other running back. And there's other good receiving running backs out there. Just Clyde Edwards-Hilaire's game not only fits the Chiefs perfectly, but he's just so different than what you see out of most running backs these days. He's just so much fun to watch, bounce around off guys much bigger than him, hit people with spin move after spin move like his B button stuck down on his PlayStation controller. So I just had a lot of fun watching him, and he just happens to fit the Chiefs perfectly. All right, I am going with uh, Antonio Gibson. 
Uh, he's a guy that I'm a little bit higher on than I think most people are. And some people have him classified as a wide receiver. He's kind of a mixture of between the two. The senior bowl asked him to play running back. And then at the NFL combine, he was asked to play wide receiver. I like him as a running back. I like the idea of throwing him in the running back room and letting him lean on some of his wide receiver past to make him a more dynamic running back. Um, he, cause, because I mean, I think he actually ran okay between the tackles when I saw him. Um, he has good contact balance. He's explosive, but he's a guy that's like, he's big. He's six two. He can win at the catch point too. So he's like, he's a unique piece and you've got to kind of come up with a, with a plan for his development. I think my plan for development would be to try him at running back because I think he can be good in pass protection. I think he can run between the tackles. He has good balance. He's got long speed. He ran a sub four, four at the, at the combine. He's also got special teams value. Dave Tobe's going to love this guy. Uh, He had 386 all-purpose yards in one game. He caught a touchdown, a long touchdown. He ran in a long touchdown, and he returned a long touchdown. He's a unique player. He's he's probably a four-core special teams guy with some potential to be a dynamic pass-catching weapon uh, in the offense as well. Yeah, I'm going Joshua Kelly out of UCLA. Another guy that's good between the tackles, good enough vision. Uh, He didn't catch a whole lot of passes at UCLA, uh, but when we saw him at the Senior Bowl, he was routing up some admittedly very poor linebackers out there, but he was making them look really silly. He honestly was the best-looking running back that we got to see there. He just looked like a more complete back than the rest of the guys that we were seeing, and that was a good thing to see because we, we frankly didn't expect expect them to be much of anything so he popped in a big way there plus he already called Patrick Mahomes the best player in the world when we interviewed him so he's automatically on the board right now so bring me Josh Kelly all right best fit in the draft for the Kansas City Chiefs and it is I mean he would probably be all of our favorites Mm -hmm. Clyde Edwards Hilaire Gregory Yeah, uh, this is the guy that Joe Burrow said was, what, his favorite player to play with? The smartest player that he played with? What's the quote, The one guy that he could bring with him to the next level, like to this NFL team. He could pick anybody off of either one of his football teams. That's LSU or Ohio State, and he chose Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. That is silly. That should tell you the kind of brains, the kind of... If you're a quarterback like Joe Burrow, you need trust there in the pocket. And he obviously trusted Clyde Edwards Hilaire to do everything that he needed to do. And he was a good runner. Like some team's going to overthink Clyde's athleticism and cause him to drop. Let him. And let the Chiefs pick him up, frankly, because I I do not condone running backs early, but I do condone Clyde Edwards Hilaire. (laughs) I condone Clyde. I condone Clyde. We need to make that a hashtag. Condone mm. Clyde. Hashtag condone Clyde. I think I kind of said every piece I need to about Clyde Edwards Hilaire being the best fit for the Chiefs. So I'll just leave it at this. I do not endorse drafting a running back hardly ever. If Clyde Edwards Hilaire is sitting there staring at you in the third round and you're at the end of the third round, you're at pick 96 and you're like, hey, we have to pull the trigger here. That's fine. I'm completely happy. If you do it in the second round, I'm upset that you took a running back, but give me one week and I am happy that he is on my football team. Like That's the most excited I will ever get for a running back being drafted. You could talk me into him at 63, I think. And I am not pro running back. I don't think running backs matter all that much. But at his pass catching value, I think, makes him a little bit more unique. 
And I think that's the thing is like when I'm looking in them, when I'm looking at running backs, I'm really leaning on pass catcher traits and I'm projecting and I'm valuing them based on their pass catching traits. He's good in pass protection. He's really good as a route runner already. And I think he can get better. I mean, my guy caught a corner route flexed out in the slot and he's five foot nothing. Uh, he runs good. Like I think Matt was talking about his angle routes earlier. They're nasty. I mean, you can talk about him at, at the combine, but in real games, he is just breaking dudes off. It's like he is he is one of the most enjoyable players to watch in this entire class. Um, and I do think, I wonder if teams are going to overthink him because of his athletic testing. All right, day three sleeper. We're going to go with LaMichael Pirine out of Florida. And, you know, he's a big back that has pass catcher traits and has pass catching production. And those are things that... Um, that Brett Veach has typically coveted. The things that I little concern me about him, I, I his contact balance I think should be better than what it is. Uh for a guy his size and I feel like he should have more contact balance than he does. And I feel like he should be better in pass protection than, than he is at this point. But I think a lot of what his issues are in pass protection are technical. And if he just continues to work, if he can, gets into Kansas City, Dylan McCullough you know, Eric Bieniemy, Andy Reid, they'll all clean it. They'll clean some things up for him, and they could really have some nice value as a big back that can catch the football and has past, has experience doing it already. Yeah, give, give me a thick dude that can catch the ball for two hundred and fourteen pounds. Nobody isolate that two hundred and fourteen pounds, five eleven. I just I think that P Ryan's a guy that makes a ton of sense for the Chiefs because he can play again between the tackles. There, he's a, he's already a developed pass catcher. That's a situation, especially late, late, late in the draft there, that you can get a little bit more of a steal. He's a pretty decent athlete, too. So I, I think he's a guy that could be a real good fit in Andy Reid's offense. Here's what I really like about LaMichael P. Ryan. Two years ago, so before his senior season, he was definitely their bigger back, their bruiser back, as they had some Scarlet there and some other guys he decided that he wanted to be more part of the passing game. He wanted to partake in the receiving game. He lost about 15 pounds going into his senior year, and you can see it in some of his runs. He clearly lost some of his contact balance, his power to run through tackles, but all of a sudden, only one year of focusing on his receiving ability because that was now a role they needed, he became a really good receiver for Florida. Like They used him a lot as a receiver, similar to Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. He's running some wide receiver routes. He's really good breaking off linebackers on the move. My man has over 10-inch hands for a running back. You see that in the game. He snags passes out away from his body. I really like what he brings as a receiver. And like we said, he's got a little bit of size to him, so he fits kind of that mold the Chiefs look for. I think he's only going to get better as a receiver from where we're at right now. This is one year of really focusing on it as a baseline. So that's really exciting to me. All right. That is going to do it for the running back review. We'll be back with the AP draft show on Friday. We will catch you later. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.